I remember chasing my brother around uh, the garden with a, a pickaxe, trying to kill him. Uh, he beat me in an arm wrestle once, uh, so I picked the whole fucking table up and smashed his, smashed him in the fucking face of it, and and smashed all his teeth in and split his lip. I want him taking the bits, I want his hand cut off, or I want his fucking foot taken off. That's exactly what I'd do. Nothing ever goes according to plan. One week you can have fucking thousands and thousands of pounds, and within a week it can all go wrong and you've got a fucking contract on you. I've seen bombs in donkeys, I've seen bombs in dogs. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I've seen Marines get their feet blown off. Gone into compounds and found babies in jars. I've been shot twice, blown up, stabbed. Not saying I'm indestructible, but I'm... Nothing can fucking hurt me. Thank you for coming on. Liam, I'm putting all my trust in you. 100%. And what I want to do is, the purpose of these podcasts is raw honesty. It gives every guest that sits in front of me the opportunity to kind of set themselves free from bits and pieces that are weighing them down. Sometimes people share things with me that they've never shared with anybody else before. It's a form of therapy. And just hearing your story from start to finish. So you served in the military for 13 years. Yep. Made your way up to sergeant. And we're talking elite level. Elite level. Elite forces. level. And you've had, you've lived a life of of extreme violence for one reason or another. Start from the beginning, your early years. Tell me about your early years from where you grew up, where you were from, up until about 10, which I now know was a very impactful moment took place in a your milestone, life. milestone, if you want. Yeah. Where do I start from here? My dad was a complete, absolute fucking asshole. Um, I shouldn't really fucking say things. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be raw and honest. So... At 10 years old, I was, uh, you can relate to this as well, I was sexually abused by uh, two older people, a 16 and a 17-year-old, which were foster children from um, that were older, but babysat me for, uh, for I don't know, for every, every two weeks. And when you've been sexualized when you're that age, it sort of makes you grow up um, a lot faster than what, you usually would. So by the time I've gone to normal normal school, which is like senior school, there's all these other people saying that they're, they're starting out little relationships or they're, they're doing this and they're doing that. And by the time that they, they, we'd, we'd all gone there, I've already done more or less every single thing you could think of. Mm. Were they male or female? Both female. Both female. Which did make it a little bit easier. Obviously, I know your backstory as mm. well. You're a boy, it's all good fun. Listen, I didn't have any fucking pubic hair, I couldn't even come. It was just it was just abuse. But I didn't know I was getting abused, if that makes sense. It, you, you Do you know you're what too, you're too fucking young. You're not meant you're not meant to be in them sort of positions nah. in, in life. I tell you what's this is crazy. But as soon as you said they were female, I I felt a sigh of relief. Because you didn't know that, did you? No, there's, there's, I mean, I don't know most of it, which is why I'm generally, I'm intrigued as well. But in my head, I'm thinking it's it's two, it's two men are like sexually abusing you. And so I'm, so already my stomach's fucking in knots. 
And then when you said they were female, I know that's dysfunctional. You was 10. But for some reason, that just made me feel, okay, all right, that doesn't disturb me as much. Yeah. But I know there's a lot more stuff to come that certainly will. So, yeah, go on. Go, go from... Go from the, have a little build up before 10 as well, like what your home life was, how your dad behaved. What my the, dad was a fucking your complete alcoholic. I've tried to get my head around that as well because what I try and do in my with people is I try and look at it from their point of view. Now, he's a, a, a musician, an absolute fucking genius. And anyone who knows him, I mean, I could say his name, but then I'm giving myself away. He's an absolute genius and a legend from where he was from and he was a musical legend and he can pick up, he could listen to a song and play any any song he wanted to play on any instrument he wanted to play and he had so much potential mm. and so much uh, charisma and he used to play in a band and all that sort of stuff. But he was also, he was drunk. He used to, I remember him used to wake up in in the night and drink a bottle of half a bottle of Thunderbirds to go back to sleep. He got that bad, but he was still. He's always used heroin ever since I can can remember. He's never worked a fucking day in his life, and um, I'm not saying I'm using him as, a, as a, an example. Or I'm trying to rubbish him in any way. That's the man he was. Mm. That's what I was given, and uh, he left at, left at a very early age, which put my mum under a lot of pressure. Now, he never had a, not a pot to piss in because he was on a dull, heroin addict, drunk. So um, my mum looked after us. Um, she, we moved from Birmingham to, to Barry Island. She said, why don't we go and move to Barry Island, uh, do an exchange with Birmingham to Barry. We had a massive four-bed house and even fucked that up. He rung, um, he rung, he stole our piggy banks robbed mum blind mum was just put under a, a shitload of pressure but she was she was one of the most wonderful people that I've, I've, I've ever met in my fucking whole life and I just wish that I had more time to on to come on to come back to that losing her was turned me into what I became if that makes sense now anyway from when from when all this was happening from 10. I was always the problem child. I was always fighting up and down the streets. I even remember when I was about, I must have been about 13 or 14, I can't remember. Was your dad violent? My dad was very violent, yeah. So he, um, so you fighting is probably monkey see, monkey do. He used to come home and he used to be pissed all the fucking time and, and he used to shout at us every, if there was anything left left out, then he used to just fucking put it all in a bag and fucking throw it away. He was violent towards me. He used to he um he beat me mum. He beat he he was just a fucking bully basically. And and my mum left him, and I don't I fucking don't blame her. But it's a very strange a very strange thing because you know when you lose a, a parent. But I always blamed my mum because he went. But I always loved my dad more than I loved my mum. And it wasn't until I got older that I realised my mum was the most wonderful fucking person in the world. And how the fuck can you put up with that? Mm. Um, uh, with the drug taking, and and she was probably funding his drugs. It's a lot. A lot of stuff I don't know, and I can't can't even ask her about it. And it breaks my heart. So I mean, I mean, even so, I got I got myself. I remember I got myself in trouble. I was always violent, fighting, stuff like that. But all the other kids were all right. 
I always used to use extreme violence to get myself out in in and out of anything I wanted. That's just the way I've always behaved. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad person or I go out and I just get up straight away and I think, right, I'm going to go and destroy someone's life. But if it comes at me, I'll deal with whatever I've got to deal with. And that's just the, the way I've always been. So I remember having a fight with a lad when I was about 13, 14 years old. Can't remember exactly the timeline exactly. But anyway, his, funny enough, his, his older brother come back from the army and said, what's happened to you? And obviously I've beat him all around his front garden in front of his um, his mum and all that sort of stuff. I'm smiling now. It's just not, it's not I'm not trying to glamorise it or anything like that. Um, anyway, so he sent his brother from the army round to sort me out. Because that's the way we used to deal with things years ago. Old school, isn't it? Mm. All right, he's done that chest, so I'll go and sort. I'll go and sort it out. So anyway, he's gonna. He's come round to the house and knocked the door. And even my mum knew what I was capable of doing, even at that young age. Because mm. I had to grow up quick. At fourteen, I was drinking in pubs. I used to get served in pubs and stuff like that. And I was always hung about with older people. So when this bloke's turned up and knocked the door, we was all having dinner. Where's fucking Jimmy? Because he's just done this to my fucking little brother. And even my mum said to him, are you sure that you want to go through with this? Even my mum knew straight away, fucking good luck with that. You know mm. what I mean? He's, he's, he's a different breed. So uh, she said to him, I'll go and get him. He's having his dinner at the minute. I can stop him having his dinner. He will be pissed off. But I'll go and get him and you can have a straightener with him. He won't mind at all. So she came in the front room and said, what have you done earlier? And I said, I ended up in another fight, Mum. And then she said, well, his older brother's outside now. He's just, he's a, he's a, just told me he's in the army and he's come round here to sort you out. And she said, off you go. Do you know what I mean? There's your problem. Go and deal with it. So I went out and knocked 10 bowels of shit out of him all around the fucking front garden, which is... And but my mum even after helped him because she was a one she was a wonderful person anyway. But she she helped him up and all that lot and said I did warn you mm. you shouldn't have come in here like that you shouldn't have knocked the door. So then you start getting this reputation. It used to make me think I was more powerful or whatever. So I started bullying my older brother. Then I remember chasing my brother around uh, the garden with a, a pickaxe trying to kill him. Uh, he beat me in an arm wrestle once, uh, so I picked the whole fucking table up and smashed his, smashed him in the fucking face of it, and and smashed all his teeth and split his lip. And I was just getting really out of hand at school. I never went to school. I used to fight in school all the time, and I was just getting worse and worse and worse. And in the end, to protect the rest of my family, my mum sent me away to Birmingham when I was about 14, I think it was about 14. Bearing in mind, I'd done young offenders before that. I'd done um, for stealing cars, but um, she sent me down to my dad and I lived at my nan's house with my dad, which is probably the worst thing what she possibly could have done. And it broke and that really broke my fucking heart because she was the one who always uh, if I was going off the rails, she always used to pick me up and put me back on. Does that make sense? Perfect um, sense, yeah. She's my best friend. So when she sent me away, I resented her and I thought, how the fuck can you do that? But I, now I know that she was just trying to protect the other kids. And now he started, when I went down there, he gave me drugs, speed. I'm getting drunk and, and taking drugs. Now I can see it was a right. So 
I, I bought this Aeroid for. Um, I managed to stretch all the springs on it to make it more powerful. So then what I started doing was going out and uh, killing ducks over uh, Penns Lake in Birmingham and there was a brook and stuff like that. My nan used to go fucking mental because I used to bring all these ducks back what I've killed, but I used to want to know what was inside them. So I used to cut them open and and pull all their guts out and and uh, defeather them and, and all that lot. But even though they used to fucking whinge like fuck my nan and all that lot, and dad go, stop fucking killing stuff and... Stop being like that. And do you know what I mean? What are you doing that for, son? And, and whatever. But um, but they still used to eat the duck. Do you know what I mean? We had duck every night. It was fucking, in them days, it was fucking fantastic. How, how old were you when you was killing 14, the animals? 15. So 14, 15. So you'd been shipped over to your dad's. Your dad's then giving you, which I can relate to, and amphetamines speed. That is also mind altering. You do enough of that, you'll start tripping out, and it really, really fucks with you your mind. You can relate to this as well. You totally, know. yeah. So it, some of the things you're saying is chilling. I mean, I've never, I never went down the the alley, the route of killing animals and stuff. But I certainly I had nothing else to do. Nah, must have been boring. <laughs> it was, but yeah, but and so anyway, I got kicked out of every single school because every single time, every single day after school, I was fighting three o'clock after school and all that. So you're like, yes, it, you're expelled. But I used to go home and say to dad, I've left, I've left school. They kicked me out. Ah, never mind. Fucking hell, we're getting another one. We're so we tried another one, tried another one. In the end, I run out, fucking run out of schools. He couldn't be fucking asked in the end. Uh, so I went fencing then. So I, I went fencing with, with a bloke called Dave. My dad come along sometimes, but what used to make me laugh, he used to have ginger beer and he used to fill up with tenant super. And him and his mate Dave used to fucking drink, get steaming fucking drunk at work and, and just, they're trying to do, fucking do a job or whatever. It was, now I think back, I think you fucking sad cunts, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's not the way you conduct yourself. So anyway, I saved up a load of money. Um, and it was a lot of money. It's fifty quid, and I bought a metro, a little mini met uh, metro. I don't know if you remember him. I do. Coat yeah. Hanger fucking aerial. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so I, it, I I learned how to drive myself in a car park in Birmingham, and I, so I used to drive every night and drive and and and, and, and anyway, I've got that confident. I thought, fuck it, I'm just I'm, I've had enough of this shit down here. If I stay here. This is just carnage. This is this is shit. I'm 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 pissed off for living with me fucking dad. So I drove home and just sort of turned up at mum's again. And she said, "What are you doing? Where's dad then? Do you bring him back on the train river?" I said, "No, mum. I drove. I've got a car. I've got a car out the front. I just drove." She went, "What the fuck? Are you fucking what? You fucking just drove all through Birmingham City. Managed <laughs> to get back." Uh, so I used to drive to school and the teachers used to go fucking absolutely fucking mad and say, you can't fucking drive. You're fucking 15 years old. You, um, you, you shouldn't be driving a car anyway. You can't have a license and all this. So I said, oh, yeah, I've got a special license. So anyway, this is all the early years. I used to remember I used to take the kids up the shop at dinner time and they used to be all hanging about around on out of the fucking back of the boot or whatever and, and fucking doing donuts on the fucking uh, school field and just... In the end, I never got any grades, as you can quite imagine, and that come to an end, and 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 that was that. In in the midst of all the madness, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I was just going to free reign. All, all the kids get the bus to school. Jimmy drives. Yeah, himself. 
Yeah, so I was always a bit different to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Not even old enough to drive. That's it. Uh. I was always a bit different to everyone else. I just, what it was, I just didn't give a fuck. I mm. didn't care. Everyone wanted me to fit into fit into this fucking little bubble what they're in, and all the other kids were good, and and I was just bad. It was just 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 one of them things. Do you think if your mum was still in your life and you still had that soft, nurturing warmth, would you do you think you would have gone on to no. killing animals? No. Do you think that was that was an act of anger and frustration and sort of? a way of rebelling against the trauma that your dad was putting you through that at the time you didn't even realise was trauma because you think it's normal, but you feel it in you. This feels terrible, wretched. Yeah. Do you think that was just your way of kicking back? Dealing with everything. It's more like abandonment, especially because I thought so much of her. She was just the most amazing person. I've, I've, I've fucking, I've never met anyone like her in my life, she was scatty as fuck, funny as fuck. She was just, mm. um, she worked four jobs to try and 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 substitute four children in them days. You know what I mean, I remember on Saturdays you always have to have to go shopping with her because she she had no babysitter, she had no she had no help off anyone. She had she had fuck all. Do you know what I mean, she had no money. She had, but we were we were we were happy. Your mum brought the happiness. She did, and yeah. Thank God somebody did bring a little bit of happiness in there because it sounds like your but dad. But she was my go-to. But mm. she, um, I remember one time we was driving along in a car, and um, she she just she was always had her mind on something else because she had to she had a house to run and four children or whatever. So I remember one day in the car she was she um, had a fag on the phone. Didn't matter them days. Never even had fucking seatbelts or whatever. And. She threw her phone out the fucking window and chucked the fucking fag on me, do you know what I mean? And, she, and as if, like, <laughs> here you go. And I was like, what the fucking hell are you doing, you fucking lunatic? But um, anyway, we got really close when, we got, when, when I got back. And and uh, I'm going to say this, and it probably ain't going to be... She always said I, I was her f- favourite. She always said I was her favourite because she put so much time into me that the other kids the other kids didn't need any anything else so i was a little blue-eyed boy who she was she was always trying to fix and i think that's where i get my traits from not the fucking horrible shit side of the things i've done but and the things that you're going to hear but she was always she she fit she's she always fixed me and put me back on back on the straight and narrow. We used to watch films together and and stuff like that. But um, I won't go right right into it. I done a fucking stupid thing at a stupid fucking age, which was walk into a fucking bank with a sawn off uh, shotgun and made a woman piss herself. It was well, basically a fucking a bank robbery, and um, th- that must have really fucking, it broke my heart and broke her heart even more that I didn't see her again. So I ain't, but when I, when I, when I lost her, when I lost her, that's when, that's when this, I don't know, everyone split up. She, she, she was the glue that kept the whole family together. She was the most, uh, 
she, I mean, everyone says about their mum that they're, they're great and all that lot, but I think that was, that was actually the milestone, the turning point of where I just thought, do you know what? Even if God himself come down to me now and try to explain why the fuck that happened, um, she got killed by a, um, on her way home uh, at 12 o'clock at night because she was running. If my dad had out more and done more for or gave her a bit more money or fucking manned up and done what he's meant to do, she wouldn't be doing what she was doing, which was running around like a blue-ass fly all the time trying to keep things moving. So she got killed by two drink drivers. Um, that bit of goodness what she gave to me was... Was t was taken away from me, if you know what I mean. So that so I, I, all I could think is, there's nothing left in me. There's no good. How can this world be fucking good? How the fuck can this sort of thing? How the fuck can this sort of thing happen? Because she, she was she was never done nothing wrong. She was she was just a, a really good woman who looked after her fucking kids. So then, what happened after that? is I just went on a, just an absolute fucking self-destruct. I went on a, a, a self-destruct mission. Um, I had a warrant out for me arrest again. Uh, so I went up to London after that. After you come out of jail? After I come out of jail, yeah. I went, I went up to London and I, I stayed in London for, for, for a while in, in, a, in a pub up there. So what I'd done then was start uh, doing unlicensed fighting down there. And what and age that, was this? This must have been about 22. Early 20s, okay. Early 20s, early 20s. And how long did you get for the armed robbery? I got five years for that. And how long did you serve? Three and a half. And so anyway, um, I started uh, doing an unlicensed fighting up there because I couldn't get medical because... There's a camera, I can see that. I couldn't get medical for amateur anymore because the tendons had gone in my hand, so I only had one hand anyway. But... Um, I mean, you said you recognised me from the, um, the, maybe the old days, but Caesar's Palace. Yeah, I, I, you look familiar, familiar, and then I see a, a picture of you from back in the day, and I thought you look real familiar. I'm sure I've seen you. Then when you said you'd done the unlicensed fight, and I thought it must have been Caesar's Palace in Streatham, and you said, yeah, high street. I used to yeah. fight on the high street at Caesar's uh, at Streatham. Twenty eight, I had of them. Twenty eight, um, unlicensed, and beat everyone on the circuit. With one, with, hand. with one hand, basically. I'm not trying to glorify myself or say I'm better than anyone else or anything like that. I, never, I, I'm, I don't underestimate anyone. If I win, I win. I lose, I lose. It just, you know what I mean? I'll go back and have another go. It doesn't, doesn't, it is what it is. But it, the funny thing was, I used to have an old boy called Keith who never used to train me, never used to train me, but he's always in the corner. But he, he used to tell me how to beat him, but I never used to fucking listen to him anyway. Every time I used to win a fight, uh, Keith used to go over to the other corner and say, um, my boy's only got one hand, you know. He's only got one hand. So in other words, he beat you one-handed. Mm. So anyway, I'd done everything, but, but I won every fucking fight on the circuit. So then I was, my, my, my name was going right up. Jimmy Knuckles is, was what was, used to be called. So my name went right up there and I had a title fight in the end. And it was um, Dave who came into the... Um, Changing rooms. So, so I have to go down in the second round. I was gonna that's that's the question I was gonna ask. So you're in the you're in Devastated. the you're in the changing rooms getting ready for the for a, a big 
big, big title fight. And then Dave comes in and what he says to you? You're down in a second. The title fight was rigged. Basically, yeah. I should. I don't really know if that's a great idea to say fucking things out, really, because it still goes on. May now, maybe, maybe it doesn't. It was a massive title fight. I think it was for the Tony Lambriano belt or something like that. I, I said, "You fucking can't. Don't fucking do this to me, please." Um, I've I've fucking got twelve people coming down from my area to watch me fucking do this one. He said, "Listen, it's out of my hands." That's what's going to happen. And I said to have a fucking bet on it, but they were also fucking, they got drunk and didn't fucking bother. Some people did, some of them didn't. But along all this 28 unlicensed fights, which took a a, a long time, uh, I met a lot, of, a lot of people. Heavy. Heavy fucking people. Prolific fucking names, very, very well-known fucking names in that area, let's just put it that way. And they might look at this now and they might fucking see that I've popped up on a fucking podcast and it might be fucking very dangerous for me. But at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck. It's, it, it, it is what it is. Um, so anyway, I started getting fed uh, ways to earn money. Uh, fuck me, I remember having a, a bath full of purple A's. Um, weed, I don't know if you remember the Purple A's. The yeah, weed, mate, I whole do. whole bath full to fucking mm. get rid of. He just threw everything at me. Everything you could fucking imagine. Um, Here's a question before you then take it into into this chapter. Go on, yep. Now, I know that you're an, a machine of a man, solid as a rock, dangerous and deadly, but would you say you was vulnerable? Very vulnerable. But when you've lost someone who puts you back on the straight and narrow, I don't think any of it would have happened. I just needed my mum. I'll fucking, I could sit here now and fucking cry my eyes out, but I'm going to really fucking try not to. Um, But I was very vulnerable. But I was also on a fucking self-destruct mission Mm. to destroy myself. So I took fucking mind-bending drugs. I took fucking coke. I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, and walk over the shop without having a line of fucking cocaine. That that was the that was the the fucking thing at the time. Charlie was the fucking one. But I was getting bout fed it, and because of the name what I got while I was up there as being a violent, nasty piece of shit, and what comes with it is favors for favors and fucking stuff like that. So in the end, I thought, what's the point in fucking buying it in the end? So what I used to do is I used to tax people or rob them, or go and find people who's selling and then make them work for me. So now you're working for me. People will want me to dig, but I would just say, just say what you feel you want to let go of. I've delivered at least eight fucking people in boots and they've never been seen again. And I could, you could be led in bed with your missus and I'll be able to, I would be able to get in, maybe get in here, maybe not, but I'd watch it for a fucking week or two and I'd manage to get you some somehow or the or another. And even if you was led in bed with your missus, I wouldn't even wake her and I could get you into the boot where I, or I could get you out where I needed you. Or I'd follow you and I'd get you somehow and I'd, and I'd be able to get you exactly where I wanted you. And, and and deliver it to you to where I wanted you, or if you wanted, if they wanted something really nasty doing or horrific to someone, um, basically what 
what I used to do was um, they used to send people to go and do stuff, uh, say, go and collect a debt. Could you go and do this? Mate, he's pissed me off or he spent all the money, he's had a party, blah, 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 which they, a lot of that went on or a firm rubbed and, robbed another firm. So what my job was, they'd send someone in who couldn't do the job. So then what I would do is I'd go and do the job because no one else could. So they'd give me jobs that other people couldn't, which made me feel more special. Maybe special, maybe more special than the people who gave me the jobs, which wasn't a great thing, if that makes sense. Now, um, so you, you, you would go, so there would be, so a drug dealer. Help me out here, that's it. A drug dealer would owe uh, uh, their upline money. They'd sniff it, squander it, get rid of it, lose it, think they could steal it, whatever that may be. They would send somebody, the, the firm would send someone in to deal with the person that owes them the money. And if they couldn't take care of it because the person that owed the money was too heavy, they would then bring you in to deal with it in a more forceful nature. Exactly that. Exactly that. But I never used to work with anyone. I was always a one-man army. Simple as that. I didn't trust anyone enough. And I, I've always said... You're only as good as the people around you. And I couldn't find anyone that was like me who could do the things I could do. Um, and as well, I, you can only vouch for yourself in this world. You can only vouch for yourself in this world. It's as simple as that. You, if I say I can do something, or you ask me and said, right, I need this fella picked up, I want him put there, I want him taking the bits, I want his hand cut off, or I want his fucking foot taken off. That's exactly what I'd do. And now, before now, I'm probably going to go off on a tangent here. People have always said to me, could you do this job? And I've said, be very careful what you're going to ask me. Um, because if you ask me to do it, it will get done. And if you and if you change your mind at the last minute or bottle it, then I'm going to still want fucking paying anyway. And a few times that has happened. And a few times they've had to fucking pay me a lot of money. I mean, some people say crime doesn't pay, but it, it fucking does. I'm living proof that it it did. Anyway, for a long time, I had so much money, I didn't know what to fucking do with it after time. A lot of people see extreme violence on films and a lot of people will, you know, they're like, they get talking, they get their, their lips become more loose and they think they're something they're not. And they'll say, cool, yeah, if he'd done that to me, I'll do this, that and the other. 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they'll do nothing of the sort because it's not in them. No, it so never does pe anything. People will talk extreme violence. You know, you mentioned, you know, if, if someone needed their hand chopped off or their or their feet chopping off. I wouldn't have a problem with it. You would do that? I'd do that without a fucking doubt. And it's been proven as well. So you hear about debt collectors. Oh, he's a debt collector. He's a, he's a heavy geezer. There's levels to this fucking game. And there's... I mean, you're a very good deterrent to anyone that wants to consider a life a crime and get involved with people or getting above their head. You know, if you start taking bits and pieces off people and you can't pay back the debt that you've got yourself in, the chances are you could have someone like Jimmy knocking on your door fucking taking your limbs off. The thing is, I wouldn't ever knock the door. I wouldn't ever threaten anyone. That's that's one of the rules. Say I said to you, I mean, just for, just for argument's sake, you fucking wait. I'll bring you up and I'm having an argument. I'm going to fucking shoot you. 
Never happens. But people's rung me up and said, he, oh, um, um, could you fucking have a word with fucking matey because he's threatened to shoot me? I went, it won't happen. I said, that's, that's, that's the biggest mistake you'll ever make. Don't take him seriously. He's a fucking amateur. Mm. You don't threaten to shoot someone. What's the point in me ringing you up and saying, right, I'm going to come and shoot you. You be careful now. You watch your back. I'm, I'm going to kill you. I never used to ring him up and say, right, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and do that. I've, I've never talked about anything. I've never even, I've never done a podcast in my whole life. I've never talked about anything like this. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't. I just turn up when they least expect it, and and then just get the job done. And then after, get a great big lump of money for it. Did most people pay up when you turned up? They didn't have a chance to pay up. I didn't even give them the option to pay up. But by the time they got me in, it was gone past paying. I always used to say, I can't, I can't get hold of him. I can't get hold of this fellow. I can't get hold of him. He won't answer his phone. I've been round his house. And I used to say, right, okay, get me his mum's address. Get me his sister's address. Um, where does these kids go to school? I said, because I'm sure as shit, if I turned up at his mum's house and rung, rung, rung him up on his phone or you ring him and I'm sat outside his mum's house or I'll even knock her door and just say, all right, he's fucking such and such about. Um, I'm looking for him. Just tell him it's fucking blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm looking for him and I'm going to wait outside now until he turns up. Now, I don't give a fuck who you are. If if that happens, then you're going to think, that's my fucking mum. I'm going to have to, it's either that or I know what that man's capable of. So I know I'm going to have to go and sort it out. So it's either you or your fucking mother. And in the world I was living in, the, the deranged fucking sniffed up fucking stupid head, that's the, it would have to be his mum. And that, that, that would, that was, that was just the way I conducted myself. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, please don't think that I'm going to sit here and glamorize it because the mistakes I've fucking made and the the lives I've fucking ruined um, for fucking money is just r ridiculous. I mean, I could write, this is just, I'm just skimming over the top. There's lots of, loads of different things I could, I could come out with you on different jobs. And the thing is, when you do stuff like that, um, it sticks in your fucking mind. Is there anything that you've done when you was debt collecting, which is a very mild term of what you used to do when you was inflicting severe pain on someone? Is there anything that you've done that still stays with you 20, 30 years later that haunts you? Yeah. I'd rather not go into all that, but yeah, there's stuff I've done that shouldn't be inflicted on another human being for for for, for fucking money, especially money or just because he said the wrong thing to someone. It's just not, it's just not, it does do stuff to your head. It does do stuff to your head, definitely. People love the meat and gravy. They, they love the doom and gloom and they love gratuitous stories of violence because people romanticise about it. So people now at this stage will want me to say... Romantic. Go on, tell me a little bit more about that. What, what, what did you do to him? I mean, you've already said that you've chopped hands and feet off. Like, that's enough. You don't need to go into it like reenact a hostile film. But the message that we can certainly deliver is if you're getting into a life of heavy-duty crime and you're an enforcer and you've got people that are probably taking advantage of you because you're vulnerable and you want reassurance and you're trying to fill a void that's been missing since a bereavement, for example, uh, there's psychological consequences for that that will stay with you forever. You may be lost in the moment. You may get, may get lost in the source of violence there and then at that time. 
But then when you go home and you've got to put your head on the pillow, if you're inflicting all that pain on so many people, you don't just go to sleep and it's done. It stays with you. That's what they say. How do you sleep at night? And I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the answer to that. You don't. Mm. You don't sleep at night. I don't sleep at night now. There's more to it. There's got to be a cautionary tale for people. Be careful what you get involved in because sometimes you're getting too deep before you even fucking know you're up to your neck in it and there ain't no getting out. I've been delivered things before. Let's just say I've been delivered things before which I've had to get rid of as well. Um, and take to fucking pieces. That's just, I mean, I don't need to elaborate on anything like that. Take to pieces and get skin it or whatever you want me to, whatever. But I'm, I've got no empathy towards, I mean, I'm looking you straight in the eye now and telling you I've got no empathy or no problem with doing anything. Mm. Anything, you know, I, could bury, I would bury my, a family member for the right money. But um, how it ended with uh, them, them people, the, the underworld, let's just say that, they said, we give you whatever you want. We're big enough and we're strong enough and we're, we're the fucking people and we can do this and we can do that. You can go and throw whatever you want anywhere as long as at the end of the month you've got the money for what you've got and then um, uh, if, say, there's some money missing, we'll sort that out. So anyway, there's a bloke called Phil. He went missing with 30 grand. He was from Reading. Uh, so the people that I was dealing with at the time said, that, um, right, okay, so he's got missing with a 30 grand yet, all right, no problem, here's some more work, we'll sort out, we've got mum and mum's address, his address, here's his number, blah, blah, blah. We'll keep work, we'll keep working with you, no problem, because I was absolutely selling copious amounts of it. Anyway, they couldn't find him, they'd been around his mum's house, so it was about two months later, and then suddenly they come back to me and said, we, we can't fucking find... I'm very, I'm, even though I am what I am, um, my moral compass is very, like, if you make a deal, you make a deal. Simple as that. If you want that done, I'll do it. If, if I ask you to do something and you say yes and you don't do it, you suddenly become no good to me or maybe he's not what he says he is or, do you know what I mean? I usually test people out anyway. So anyway, that's gone missing. They come to me, they say, right, you owe the money for that. He said, well, you'll just have to cover it. And I said, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm that fucking stupid and I was that full of that and I thought I was fucking Superman that I sh I, I could have just given the 30 because I had the 30 hanging about. I'd probably had fucking triple that if I needed it. The thing with that sort of business is you always owed money, but you're not, um, you, you, you're seeing it, but you're not seeing it, if you know what I mean. You always owed it. You always owed money. It's cash flow. It's no different to any other business. Exactly that. So anyway, that's that's how we fell out. We fell out over that. Um, I've ended up calling him all the names under the sun and fucking said, you think you're this and you think you're that. You, you, you're getting me to fucking run around after you. You can't do what you said you're going to do. I'm, I'm sorting out all your fucking problems here and you're meant to be the fucking top of the tree. So anyway, I loaded up with another five lumps. I don't know if you know what that means, whatever. But um, I loaded up with another five lumps to give me some fucking cash. Mm. Don't bother me if you fucking shot me or fucking whatever. I was getting to that point where where um, I, d I just, that was it for me. I, d I didn't give a fuck. I've, I've done what I've had to do. I've, I've spent the money. I've had a party. So um, we met up in his services, Dan the M4. 
This is top the, geezer of the firm. The, the top geezer of the firm with two other blokes he was with. Now, I've turned up there thinking I'm going to get my head blown off or I'm going to... Uh, that's why I met him at, purposely in a public, a public place. Now, the last words we said to each other was, Jimmy, you're not taking this very seriously. Um, you need to fucking square this up and you need to square the rest of the money up. Uh, you're not taking this very seriously. If I was you, I'd have a look under the table and I'm fucking willing to go all the way, blah, blah, all that lot. And, and I just sat there, but I already had one anyway. And I thought, if I'm going to go, I'm going, you're coming with me or all of you's coming with me. And that, that's, that'll be an end to it. And I'm quite happy with the life I've led. I've fucking done exactly what I wanted for as long as I wanted. Uh, so if it comes to a horrible fucking end, I was expecting it anyway, because that's what happens in all the films, mm. basically. Except dirty dancing. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, and he said, if I was you, I'd have a look under the table. I have one pointed at him. I said, um, if I was you, I'd have a look under the table as well. If you want to do, we go down that road, then we go down that road. And he just fucking, in his cockney fucking voice, you fucking cunt. How fucking dare you? I've done this for you. I've done that for you. You fucking blah, 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 blah. As soon as I walked out there, I thought, fuck, what have I done? And I sobered up instantly. Even though I was pissed driving up there. Charlie had me fucking nut. Um, and then I walked out back to my car and I was thinking, any minute now, bang. Any minute now, bang. And that just changed everything for me. So then I went straight back to where I was living Every I remember driving down the motorway, still on 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 the fucking cocaine, massive habit with that, kicked that in the end. But um, every indicator what come out, I was thinking, fuck, that's it. They're coming along. It's going to be a drive by. Every 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 little fucking every little thing I could imagine. I was overthinking massively because I was on that thing. Mm. So then I got back, picked my. Uh, wife up at the time and then we drove down to the coast and we stayed there and we I stayed it must have stayed in the house for about two weeks solid never moved out the house um cracked myself um with withdrawals think I need to sort my life out what the fuck have I done I've just absolutely just signed my own death warrant I've probably got now which <laughs> Looking, looking in the camera. Smiling. Smiling. <laughs> I've probably got about fucking four contracts out on me anyway. But I'm still here. I know you're not scared of anything or anyone. And what I'm getting from this is you're not mentioning any names, not out of fear, but out of some some kind of respect. Respect. And, it, and if they are watching or they are, then I fucking deeply apologise because I was completely out of my fucking mind. Mm. Out of my fucking head, too much of that stuff, too much drink. I've uh, disrespected them. I'm not here to, I'm not going to apologize because I've made them absolutely fucking loads of money and I've done some absolutely fucking horrendous things. I think the reason, there's a couple of reasons why they would have left me alone. One of them was because if they did go down that road, then they would have to go all the way. And sending someone to me is not going to end well. Never, never does. I've lived through so much fucking shit, which I'm going to come to in a minute, that um, I'm not saying I'm indestructible, but I can't even kill my own self. I've tried fucking three times. Three times I've tried to... 
uh, do myself in, but it, it just doesn't work. I'm just not meant to, I don't know why I've been shot twice, blown up, stabbed. If you want to come and do that, come and do it. I win either way. I'm mm. going to win because even if you do kill, you kill me because that's what you'll have to do because otherwise there's going to be repercussions. And if you kill me, you'll be doing me a favour anyway. Sad as it might seem, this is why I'm doing this now. I don't really care. So that that's the underworld wrapped up. You left the underworld and you're now moving into the military. But can I ask, what state of mind was you in? What, when I went there? Before, I, before I, you joined the military? I wanted to escape. I've got myself in so much shit by being such a cunt that I needed to try and put things right in life. Not put things right, but I needed to... As well, you got to think I'm going to have a lot. Like, like I said, three or four contracts must be out on me, even fucking now. Um, so this is fucking dangerous, me even fucking popping up again, but, but whatever will be, will be. Um, if the contracts are out, then they're out anyway. So it's not going to make a shit of difference whether I'm sat here or sat at home. But um, so anyway, just for fun, I went to Bristol and I went to the army careers. Now, I married my wife and I uh, changed, I, instead of, you know, when the man takes the, no, the woman takes the man's name. Mm-hmm. Now, I took my wife's name, which you can do, and then you send off your wedding certificate for your passport and you get passport back in. So suddenly I ended up with a passport, new bank accounts, didn't have a birth certificate. Anyway, so I've gone into the army careers, not even thinking for one minute that I'm even going to entertain me. Because your did. previous history. Previous history, I just put it out there, yeah. Um... I wasn't even meant to hold an air rifle. Anyway, I got in for selection. So I've gone into selection. Uh, wow, how the fuck? This is what I'm saying about myself personally. If I manifest something in my brain, then I can usually make it happen. Mm. Or if I believe, it's, it's all about mindset and believing in yourself. Now, I've just fucking gone to a fucking completely different town that I've never, ever been to before in my life. And I'm not, this is not glorifying it again. I've more or less taken over the whole fucking place. Did somebody steer you towards the military or did no. you, something you wanted to do? No. You this, just decided? This is honest truth or not, like I said, I've got no fear about anything, but I wanted to make a safe place for me and 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 my wife now who the fuck is going to find you in there even though you're fearless you're still sounds like you've always been in survival mode always been in survival mode still am now mm. and that's um and I, I don't think i'll ever be out of survival mode and i don't think i'll ever be the same ever again it's absolutely ruined my life this is why i'm not glamorizing anything what i've done i advise against it go get yourself a fucking job don't not saying don't go into the matrix and fucking do whatever but just fucking there's there's nothing at the end of it but sleepless nights paranoia it nothing ever goes according to plan one week you can have fucking thousands and thousands of pounds and within a week, it can all go wrong and you've got a fucking contract on you. 
It's just as simple as that, and I'm living proof that it fucking is. So anyway, I managed to, I managed to claw my way in there. So I got in there, so I'm hiding away. I'm happy. I'm fucking great. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm doing well. So I've done four tours of Afghanistan and a cleanup mission in Iraq. And um, soldiers don't usually talk about stuff like this, but I'm going to be honest and straight with you and raw because this is why I'm here. Um, the this fucking moped just came over the hill and he's just driving towards a fucking an IED and I'm just fucking everyone's like what the whoa what the fuck are you doing some bloke with a fucking great big beard turban on and you're thinking what are you doing like whoa 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 there's it's, there's a fucking thing there I don't know why to this day but he drove straight into it and blew, and I've just watched bits of a man just fucking fly everywhere which wasn't that shocking to me but it was shocking. The, the reaction to the other people. How, now, they, how, they reacted. how they reacted. Now, I just looked round and thought, fuck me. What the fuck? And then um, everyone just started laughing as if like, <laughs> silly cunt, what the fuck's he doing? What was what was all that about? I think and that's military humour, isn't it? It's got to make it. You've got to have a sense of humour. As time goes on in, the, in them places where you're put through fucking hell every day, attacked every day and, and just fucking... You, I had butterflies going out on the first couple of ops because you do. You 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 shit yourself same as anything else. But after a while, you you stop shitting yourself. After you, you get conditioned to a certain level, if you know what I mean. You, you see, I'm not I'm not bothered anymore. I'm not I'm, I don't I'm not. It's it's just work. And by this stage, are you totally desensitized? At the end of all this, totally desensitized. Every little bit of fear has been knocked out of me. Uh, the things I've done out. In them places, I'm I'm not going to go into body counts or anything like that because it's just not what we do. By the, by this stage as well, you're no stranger to extreme violence. You've inflicted enough pain to people in the underworld, mm. rightly or wrongly. But now you're now you're in Afghan. So, so I've been given a license to go and do exactly what I want when I'm twisted up in the fucking head anyway. Let's just, that's, that's the best way I can describe so you, it. You, as you went, when you entered the military, you was already twisted. When you say twisted, but psychotic? What's the what Definitely word fucking say? psychotic. Definitely think wrong with me. Definitely fucking psychopathic. Definitely calculated. Definitely looking for, used to inflicting pain and shit on fucking people anyway. And before you got into the military, was you diagnosed with any, any kind of personality disorder? No. So you'd never gone anywhere and they said you're schizophrenic, bipolar, any of that? No, not till after. I'll be straight with you. I think I was, I was, I was, I've had that for a fucking very long time, even since I was fucking 14. I've, I've definitely got multiple personalities. I've definitely got fucking... Um, I hear voices in my head talking to me. I've had conversations with myself. There's people living in me fucking head. When I go to sleep at night, I talk to fucking dead people. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of shit that I'll probably go on about that you'll think I'm absolutely fucking mad, but to me it makes fucking sense. So anyway, in a, we got surrounded in a compound. So we only got 30 rounds in each magazine. So long we stay in this fucking place, um, the more they're going to surround us. So there's going to have to be a way out. I'll give you the way out. I don't really give a fuck. What I'll do 
is I'll kick the wall down, says the mother. As soon as I've, I'll sling me rifle, as soon as I've run across the fuck, I'll run across the desert. As soon as I've run across the desert, you lot fuck off. And then they're, they're, I'm a moving target for them. Just make sure they're shooting at me before you fuck off. Just be, just play it clever. Oh my God, thank you very much. Oh my God, all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm used to it. So then anyway, I'm, um, I'm running as fast as I can. And then, um, so I've slung me rifle to run as fast as I can. So then when I'm running across the desert, I've got to, um, uh, there's a little well, chogi, that's what I call them, trying to get a round off. This is where I think my mum's coming. So he's not getting his round off, but he's clicking. Not getting his round off, clicking. I don't know, sandstorm, fucking shit in his thing, whatever. So I'm running as fast as I can. Now, by the time I'd stopped, um, slung me rifle back round, loaded it, cocked it, boom. I'd have been a, a, a still target, so the rest would have got me. So all I had on, on me was a me webbing at a fucking hammer which is the only thing I could think of to use. So when I've been running full pout, I was thinking he's got to go because if I run past him, then he's going to turn around and he might get one off. So I've just run straight up to him as fast as I can and just lumped him in the head as hard as I could and straight enough forward with a hammer and I couldn't even get it out. So I must have dragged him, I don't know, about fucking four or five metres up the thing still trying to fucking yank it to try and pull it out, but it wouldn't come out. So I just left it, carried on running. Anyway, it all ends up all good. We end up in Bastion. So we're handing our stuff back in. They count your rounds every time you go out. So they, in case you've um, they count everything, you've got to hand everything back in, which is a right bollock cake at the end of, of an op when you've been out for days and days. So anyway, you go and hand everything back in and then I'd where's your fucking hammer sort of thing? The lads are telling him, guess what, guess what? But this, the sergeant behind the thing was just so... Desensitised. Desensitised to everything. It didn't bat an eyelid. The reason they got the forget medal for gallantry was saving four people's lives. That was the reason. But my mate is just like, yeah, well, he's so, so I got charged £28 for the hammer. This, this sort of thing's normal. So I'm just explaining probably the word. Even someone watching this might think, my fucking God, that's absolutely fucking horrendous. It's one of them stories where people could do with actually thinking, thinking in stereo and actually really painting a picture like a film in their head of real life. A guy has decided to make a run directly towards an enemy to dodge bullets to keep his teammates safe and there's a, not a civilian, there's a, there's the enemy in his way and you've embedded a hammer into his skull, dragged him across the floor, got back to camp. And as you said, yeah, I, I was the run to dodge the bullets to look after this lot and yeah. I've, I've embedded my hammer Same. in his skull. It was just like standard. I could go on and on and on. I mean, I spent two two years in the fucking desert, two and a half years in the desert. Um, uh, another time I got blown up uh, on a bridge but I was driving a uh, command vehicle. This is what I mean about being blessed or I don't know, whatever situation I seem to get myself in, I seem to get myself out of, or I, I always live, I don't know why. There was two toffs in the back and there was someone on top cover. I'm not gonna mention any names because of the families or whatever, but the toffs in the back were fucking laughing, joking, uh, not taking it seriously. I took my job very seriously. So I was armoured up, off spray on, which is you've got a heart plate here, veterans know this. you've got a plate you put in your thing. 
Did your heart. Uh, they never had none of it on. Anyway, um, an IED's gone off on the bridge. The fucking thing's turned upside down, the Mastiff, and landed. Mate in top cover's got chops and half. Um, so that weren't very nice to look back to. There's only one way out of a Mastiff, and that's out the back doors. Any veteran would tell you that. So it's starting to fill up with water. I've got two, the toffs instantly fucking died. But anyway, I've gone, managed to get to the back doors, get them open. As soon as I've gone out, it must have been a 7.62 or something like that. Come straight and hit me, straight in the fucking chest. Knocked me back into the fucking Mastiff. So then I'm thinking, fuck, I've got a rifle. Went out to the went out to the back doors, let as many rounds off as I could. So anyway, I've managed to get across the river and then I got shot in the back. I've just been knocked straight down head first into the mud and I just led there just fucking not laughing but just thought fucking that's it I'm fucking gone that's it it is what it is I managed to live through that one there is other stuff I could say but I don't think it's going to be appropriate haunting not haunting for me but it might be haunting for some people who would be listening I've seen bombs in donkeys I've seen bombs in dogs they send dogs running up to you and then bam and this is what I'm getting to about empathy Death, destruction, 10 years old, 14 years old, underworld, unlicensed fighting. I got dishonorably discharged and locked up for a long time in the in the, the glass house. That's how I ended up out. Um, every time I seem to have sat, I mean, I've been sexing three times, but every time I seem to tell the truth about sorry, something. Sorry. How many times have you been sectioned? Three. Okay, and every time you tell the truth? Every time I tell the truth, I seem to get sectioned. So I don't, so what I choose to do is not tell the truth and just everything's fine. Everything's okay. You all right? No problem. I just talk, that's all right. It's no problem. Why did you get discharged though? When I come back, they asked me, how are you feeling about stuff? And I just said, I don't feel nothing. The way I've been conditioned and the things the things I've seen them do, I've gone into compounds and found babies in jars. I've seen fucking, I've been going past on a convoy and there's been a fucking old man grab a young boy off the fucking street, grab him and rub his fucking, uh, rub his face and drag him into a fucking tent. Now I'm on the comms trying to fucking draw attention to it a bit. And uh, say, for fuck's sake, look, eyes right, eyes right, eyes right. Look, he's going to get fucked. He's going to get fucked, like trying to make a joke out of it. But bring it up. For fuck's sake, look what's happening right in front of your fucking eyes. Don't you think things should be happening about that? Carry on, carry on. Ignore it, ignore it. But that's the norm over there. Now, before we went out, I'm going to come back again. Before we went out on the first tour, they'll brief. This might not be what they people want to hear or whatever but before we even went out there we were took into a room and briefed about um the ana which is the afghan national army maybe i shouldn't be slagging them off maybe it doesn't fucking matter anymore but um now it's not even a slag off it's, it's just what they do they're all gay they're all gay they're all homosexual they like young boys there's a documentary if you want to look that up called the dancing boys of afghanistan if you want to have a look at that are they holding something Little bells or fucking ding, 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 and they got all these old men sat around them and they're 
looking at them and suddenly they're, they'll turn them into their little fucking girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever you want to call them. They get raped and fucking defiled and whatever. And then they grow up that way. That's just, just the way they are. But when we get briefed over there, we, we, we're, we're told not to get involved in any of it and don't go out on a Thursday night. Because if you go out on a Thursday night, that's when they, they have they have a called, thing called Man Thursday. Now, if any veterans watching this, you'll know what Man Thursday is. Man Thursday is when you, the, 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 they all fuck each other on a Thursday night, the whole army or whatever, or not. maybe some of them, maybe not. I'm not, I can't comment. I'm just, I witnessed it for myself. But um, so they fuck each other on a Friday night, a Thursday night, have Friday off and then serve again on a Saturday which is very fucking odd, but that's their culture. Almost like a tradition for them. For a tradition, yeah, tradition. But this is this is the whole place. This is the whole, this is what goes on over there. But when you start, I'm going to go on about politics now, maybe maybe I shouldn't say this, but when, they, when you're integrating people like that into integrating people over here, then these problems are going to arise or they're going to think they can just do that. Do you know what I mean? There's, I've got so much information in my brain. I've drove through poppy fields. Now, 90% of the fucking heroin in the world comes from um, Afghanistan. I've drove through poppy fields and I've just said, why don't we just fucking destroy it all? 90%. Not allowed to touch it. Big business. Huge business. So anyway, when I said that, them words, uh, they wanted to try and keep me on camp. No, that wasn't going to happen. But when you said about destroying the poppy fields? No, no, no. But, um, about me looking at them as that and not looking at them as human. I just, just don't know. I just don't, got... So this in. was so... Once you got discharged, then you had like your, your, your post-discharge oh, dis, dis, interview. This is when they asked you, how do you feel? They wanted to fucking put me away. They wanted to keep me on camp. Ain't happening. So I went AWOL for a long time. I went, a, I went AWOL... Um, I went, I needed a break. I wanted to go home. I wanted. I've been away for six months and all this. Like I said, no, you're not going. You, you're danger. You shouldn't. You at the moment, you're not in your right mind. You need to start listening. I said, don't tell me about my fucking mind. You do made made me like this. Mm. You fucking done this. Um, do you know what I mean? So don't don't. I'm just. You asked me a question. I've answered it. That's that's it. No, you need to stay on camp. So I fucked off. Uh, military law. Anyone I know this is a. Uh, a day for a day. So if I went missing for a day or I had a week off, I'd do a week in, in uh, MCTC. I disappeared for about a, a week and a half to get my head together. I just wanted to go home. They tried to give me a sentence of 90 days because I was a danger, but I wasn't taking that. I'm not spending 90 days in there for a week and a half. But anyway, I went missing for another eight months. And in the end, I thought, you know what? I'll just go and hand myself in. So I went and handed myself in. Uh, to the closest place to me, and then my feet never touched the floor. I'd got, I wouldn't allowed. I was a flight risk. I wasn't allowed to go to court, and they had to do it over a television screen from um, Bullingdon, and uh, and that was that. And that the whole career was down the drain. So, and I didn't only just lose um, my status, my purpose. Mm. Everything I've fucking worked for, every every bad memory, every fucking thing I've done that I thought done, 
put some good I didn't want to tell put good back in the world because it was absolutely fucking horrendous but put some good back in the world maybe maybe I was just I don't know um, I still can't make my mind up whether I was out there to do good or just to end end my own life or um, fight for my country and and uh, try and make a difference in that way. I, when you're in there, you are somebody. And if there was a war going on now, I'd be the first one to jump back straight in, back at, at, it, at it. Can you say how long you've you've been out of the military for? I don't really want to say, to be honest with you. To, um, Substantial it's time? Been a, oh, yeah, it's been, yeah. A substantial amount of time now and but even I go back now I still, would go back now still miss it still miss it I do still miss it yeah what is it about being at war you miss the camaraderie having a purpose do you know what I mean in there I was someone out here what the fuck am I I've done some fucking horrible things but it just sort of gives me a purpose and feeds if it makes sense I'm just feeding the wolf Feeding, feeding a wolf in me that needs to be fed because of the life I've led, I think I need to, to do something nasty or horrible, which I'm trying, which now I've found a niche to, which I'm going to come on to now. Well, before you come on to that, before you, before <laughs> you're you going to ask me a right awkward one. No, I'm not, I'm not at all. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sense of, and. Some people that be watching this, we thinking this is fucking madness. This is insane. But when you take someone's story right back to the start, you get a much better understanding of how someone like you has been molded and crafted. Why you are the way you are. It didn't start out nice and friendly. It, it wasn't a happy environment. I've never been happy. I've never been. I've never been settled. I've never been. It's only even in the last, I'd say, five years that I've actually fucking found happiness. But it's still there's still that fucking part of my brain that is absolutely. It's it's been put in a blender and fucking smashed to fucking bits and been put back in. Can we touch base on 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 the mental health side of things? From go so from from you've left the military. And then coming out of a coming out of a war zone, being discharged from the military, then how did that impact your mental health? What was you diagnosed with? Complex PTSD, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, um, multiple personality. Um, I take fucking medication. This is me completely fucked and sedated. If, if anyone took the amount of drugs that I've taken uh, today, they'd be flat on their back asleep. But it, does, it doesn't. It, because my brain spins around so fast that um, it spins around 200 miles an hour. Worst place in the world for me is going to fucking sleep because when I'm awake, I can, I can control my thoughts and where I'm going with everything. But when I'm, um, when I'm asleep, my subconscious kicks in. So my subconscious is a very fucking dark, horrible, shit fucking place. So then when I, I've got no control over my thoughts. So that's when everything creeps in. And that's what fucking, that's what, that's why I never sleep. Fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. I, I, the only monster out there is me. That's the way I fucking look at it. So I drive into the middle of the country and I'll run up and down fucking hills till I'm nearly sick. I'll fucking, I train every single fucking day and I call it the mental lab. So, um, so 
the the mental lab to me is absolutely breaking my body now i'm the, the, the way i look at it is 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 self-harm i'm self-harming myself but i'm doing good i'm making myself fitter stronger just in case anything does come along for the future because i'm paranoid about this happening or that happening so i need to stay at my fucking absolute fucking peak of physical fitness i've built calluses on my fucking mind where if people die around me or um, uh, anything bad happens, I'm fucking ready for anything. Any situation that's, that's ready to come to me, I'm, I'm ready for. And like when you say you've got to get up fucking early in the morning to catch him out, you have got to get up fucking early in the morning to catch him out because I'm up, I don't sleep anyway. I sleep with fucking hammers behind the fucking... I've, my missus has caught me um, shaking in the kitchen... I've, I've duct taped knives all around the house, not saying anything's coming, but because of the life I've led, I always think it is going to, so I'm always going to be ready for it. What's that you're wearing around your neck? It's um, the devil. This is going to, this is probably why I'm going to, I'll probably get sectioned all the time. <laughs> Fuck you. <yeah. laughs> but when I've done stuff, I draw strength from a, an attachment and I know I've got that attachment in me this might sound fucked up on a, um, but there's an attachment something's attached itself into me and it's from over there and it's given me strength and it's opened a lot of doors for me and it's given it it's, it's given me the strength of a dozen men and it's made me I can run fucking 40 miles now if I wanted. Um, I can prove it. I've got fucking medals. This is what I do. Um, I train like a beast all the time. I can lift a natural weight to my size. But it's all to do... Um, I went to Christianity because I've, I, I've, I've been pulled out of bed. I've come home with scratches on me. Um, I've been chased up the road by... The red man, I call him. It is probably not even fucking real. It's probably all in my fucking head. But it's something dark and disgusting in me. So I went to Christianity. It's fucking weird. Very fucking odd. Very strange. I don't know if you believe in any of that. So I went to Christianity. And I wanted an exorcism because I wanted this thing out of me. And I've gone into the room with the, um, with the Christian and the medium. And the medium, as soon as I walked into the room, he said he couldn't stay in there more than uh, 10 minutes. He said, because what you've just done, you walked in and the whole room's gone cold and I can't stay in here with you too long, but there's something inside you that's draining the fuck out of my energy and it's, and it's, and it's not good and it's, and it's dangerous. He said, and I'm not going to stay in here and I'm not even going to go nowhere near it because it's it's dark and it's disgusting. So I could either go and get a fucking exorcism or fucking something like that because that's what I think is making me do all these nasty fucking things to people. And not recently, but when I come out, I've done a, a, um, a fair few fucking things I can go into if you want, but... It ain't very fucking nice. But um, that was what I thought I'm programmed to do, so I'm going to go and get on with it. But I think it's the dark entity in me 
making me do them fucking things or feeding it. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeding the wolf, that sort of thing. Maybe you think I'm fucking mad. Now, this devil or demon, which I know the name of, has taken me to the dance. I've lived through certain things what I shouldn't have lived through. Definitely should have died. I've put my faith in that thing that took me to the dance. Whoever takes you to the dance, if it was God, if the higher power is God, then God's the one to follow. If that's the one who's taking you and opening doors for you and protecting you and looking after you. Now, I know for a fact that I'm no good to that fucking horrible thing that lives inside of me in a fucking, in a four by two on a sat on a blue mattress all day. I'm no good that to him in, in, in there. I shouldn't say this either, but I've got away with a lot of fucking stuff. Not saying I'm indestructible, but I'm, nothing can fucking hurt me. So, the devil defends you. Defends me, if you if you want to call it that. Or maybe it's my fucking brain adapting to that. Or maybe I manifest it so much in my fucking mind that it, it works for me. But as long as I'm fucking... My trademark... I, I probably shouldn't go into this over. My trademark, and any anyone who knows me or know this, is I'm a cannibal. I do drink blood and I do eat fucking... Um, I do eat... Well, if I do go on a job, I, I, I eat a bit of them, um, or I'll, I'll take a bit of them to, to eat. Not every single occasion, but I just, I just do. So why do you think that is? In in the army, they call it going up an increment level. Like when you've when you've banged enough people out, it's boring. When you've had sex with that person enough times, it's boring. It's just get it's mundane. So you need to step up a gear. But this is what the voices in my head tell me to do. So um, eating him ain't no good no more. When someone says, go and give him a slap, it's no good. You want to send shockwaves through the fucking, through the whole fucking town. That's what you need to do. You need to send shockwaves through the whole fucking town so they know that something horrendous is fucking happening. Take his, maim him, eat him, do something that's going to fucking... Make people think, fuck me, I'm never going near that fucking man again. I'm going to leave well alone. So when you're eating a human being or parts of a human being, is it to send shockwaves through the town or is it because you enjoy eating them? I enjoy inflicting pain on them. And it is to send shockwaves through the town, but there's also a voice in me saying you need to do that. And you think that's the devil? Yeah. Asriel, the angel of death. That's what they call it. That's what's attached to me. It showed itself many times. I've seen it. I've fucking witnessed it. I've got marks from it. And you don't think that's a hallucination? I'd like to think it is, but then I've got fucking stuff that's happened that it can't be explained. This is true. When you said about you went to that medium and they felt that dark energy, and they they said to you, there's something dark and disgusting in you and they needed to leave. Because it was draining them and said, but as soon as I walked in with the Christian who was going to say, listen, why didn't you come? Because there is a higher power. And he said, you've got no chance uh, that even the medium was mm. absolutely looked terrified. And he looked at me, I, I can see it in people's eyes. I can look in people's eyes and I can look into their souls and I can see what see what they're all about. My bullshit detector is fucking fantastic. I can judge people. I can, uh, I can read the room. Um, I've got a different, I've got abilities 
that other human beings might not have. Not saying they're good abilities, they're bad ones, but um, the, the, the medium said that it's dark, disgusting, and uh, he doesn't want anything to do with it and basically stay away from fucking church. Oh, they said to you stay away from church? Yeah, because you'd need a fucking an exorcism or fucking something to get that out. To it, so so you can say in in a way that it's mental health, or you could turn around and say that there's something else out there. Well, there, I believe that there is a higher power. I'm not, oh, thank I'm, fuck for that. I, <laughs> I, I'm not religious. You're not. I'm just about to ring the people in white coats then. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs. He's mad. <laughs> Guns off his fucking yeah. nut. So, but, mate, I think I'm off my nut. No, I know I am. But I fucking, I'm, I'm all right. I, I'll, I'll own whatever I've done. The truth is a straight line. It doesn't bend. It's as simple as that. Did you feel different when you was talking about the devil? Yeah. I could see you, you looked different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but the whole feel of the room changed. So when I first saw you and I approached you and I started having a conversation with you, I felt something I've never felt before. I come back and I said to Simon... I've met this guy, I was chatting to him, and I said, I've been wrapped round, you know, I used to go and visit Reggie Cray when I was a kid, I've been wrapped round heavy people my whole life. I'm no stranger to, to very, very different people. Underworld, violent, aggressive, but there was something different. And I went back and I said to Simon, and he's there, to, 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 that's my receipt. So I felt it, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick around here. But I could feel it and it was strong. And I thought, I want to ride this out. I'm going to ride it out and then see what's beyond that. If that makes sense. Yeah. But I felt that real dark force in you. But something else was telling me that there's something good greater than that beyond that. And that force isn't attached to you all the time. My takeaway from that was that dark force that lives within you, it rises in times where you feel... Not threatened, but out of your comfort zone. Something new. Who is this person? Where am I? What's this environment? And that devil comes out to protect you. <laughs> In your words, but I, what I'm saying is, I felt it. I've gone into places before, and there's been um, it's been a one man job. So I've gone in, and there's been fucking five of them all together. Now I've absolutely gone in there and just fucking dismembered half. Not dismembered them in that way, but just took them apart, all five of them. Again, I'm not blowing my own trumpet because it is fucking horrendous and bad. And I don't do them things anymore. Um, I, don't, I just don't. You'll find me walking a dog, uh, my dogs. You'll find me going to Tin Tangle in Devon and walking along the beach, holding hands. You'll find me um, uh, taking my... My, my daughter out to fucking uh to to Birmingham and buying her fucking lashes or whatever. I don't. Do you know what I mean? I've I've changed so much. This is all stuff that I need to get off my chest from the past. If you know what I mean. So this is daughter. Like, I'm not saying that thing ain't still there if it needs to be. But um, have you got the devil under control? It's it's a very fucking difficult thing because if I start doing good in the world, then it comes out. Because it needs feeding. Does that make sense? If if um say I'm doing really well, he doesn't like it. 
but the reason I do is I challenge it every single fucking day. So I, I will go out in the darkness and I'll fucking run because I, I whatever what I try and do is I try and win the day. Every day I get up, I try and win to start with. As soon as I get up, I've got to, I've got to go out and I've got to go and break myself. I've got to win because if I don't, if I never went training for a week, that thing inside me would absolutely fucking take over my life. I'm a manic depressant, but I'm not when I'm doing when I'm when I've when I've won the day. Mm. I've achieved something that no one else has done. I've got up at half past one this morning and run fifteen fucking miles. Um, in the darkness, everyone else is asleep. I've got the edge of one. That's the way I deal with everything at the moment is just breaking myself. And that's why I do what I do. And I've, a lot of, I'm not saying everyone's got attachments or ex-veterans especially, but don't wallow. Don't wallow. Get up and do something. Get up and f whatever your niche is, whatever you, whatever you want to, do you know what I mean? Find something that you that makes you happy or you can win at and fucking just concentrate on that instead of worrying about the, the, the past and stuff like that, even though it fucking haunts the fuck out of me every night. And I wake up in some fucking terrible states, mm. but I'm not got that strength in me to fucking think, fuck you, I will go and I'm going to go for that. I'm going to go and do 15 fucking miles and till I can't run anymore. Just, 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 just to fucking prove to myself that you ain't going to fucking do that to me. I mean, this is why when people leave the military for whatever reason, there should be, I mean, the aftercare should be 10 x where, another thing, what I always think is, where the fuck am I going to fit in to society? Luckily, I've got my wife and my my two little dogs and my, do you know what I mean, and my, my little happy place. But I wouldn't fit in anywhere anymore. I wouldn't fit in. Before I went in, I was a sociable hand grenade and I was the man and I was... I had women around me all the time, friends, fucking people, and 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 all that sort of stuff. And everyone wanted to be around me because I was charismatic and fucking. Um, I had fucking drugs, money, fucking you name it. Let's go and do this. Let's go and do some extravagant stuff. Oh fuck me, he's a great crack. But when I come out, I don't. I just don't like people. I made. I don't like the world outside at the moment. The way things are going on, especially with what's going on. So I've made my own little world and I live in that happily. But there's always that fucking bit of darkness and shit that I'm going to have to deal with. But I hold my hands up to that. That's my own fucking fault. I've done that. Do you know what I mean? I've I done that. I'm not saying, like I said, I've got doubt a bad hand, but I'm not no victim blamer. I'm not going to fucking sit here and be a victim and say, oh, the reason was that because of my mum. Um, because she died at a young age, I needed her, I needed her, and it was that and that and that. It wasn't. I make my own choices in life. I've made my own choices in life, and if this is what I've got to deal with for the rest of my life, then so be it. You was a high achiever in the military, weren't you? Very much so, yeah. Yeah, rattle off the, 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 the good stuff. Get some good I shit in your brain. What you've achieved. Save people's lives. I've got fucking medals for gallantry. I've fucking got best recruit phase one, best soldier. I won't say the tour I went on because then people would be able to put two and two together. But yeah, I was a very high achiever in, in, in things like that. Everything I do, I do to the best of my ability. You can see how the darkness grabs people because once you, it sucks you in. I could go on forever. I know. I really could. And I, could I could write a fucking book 
with everything in it, and uh, I wouldn't know where to fucking. I could start at the start and finish at the end, but it would be fucking one hell. Of, if I mentioned every single little detail, my god, it'd be like a fucking. I mean, true crime is in the fucking. Everyone loves a true crime story, doesn't they? At the minute, mm. it's the the fashion, like the, the fucking. I don't know, uh, Netflix documentaries and stuff like. Everyone loves a fucking horror story, doesn't they? But when you actually live it, it's not that fucking great. But now, what I do is. Um, I run, I run events. I run um, ultra marathons. I run for charities. I run, f um, run for PTSD. I do hundred mile fucking Jurassic Coast runs. I've, I, I, if there's a half a marathon going, I'll go and I'll try and train someone up to try and run a half marathon. I'll personal train people, and and I'm trying to give put a bit of goodness back in into the world do you know what i mean that's that's what i'm that's what my goal is now but you've also been doing this for a while now so this isn't like oh, this this yeah. isn't a five minute thing you've, I not, just... you've not just decided today i want to i want to I wanna turn the page you, the, the page oh, has been no. the page has been turned a while long now long time yeah. long time a long time but this this needed to fucking come out this needed saying anyway and you're the man to fucking hear it but this is what i sound about the about the aftercare did there some, is none did someone ever sit here like i did and say right jimmy just let it all go. No. I just got fucking dis dishonorably discharged. Let out. See you later. Here's a train fare. Place. That was it. If you need to speak to anyone, go to the um, British Legion. That. Ask any veteran. I've spoke to enough to know that that is a situation. That is a situation. You'll probably speak to another 10 and they'll tell you exactly the same. Mm. Some of my closest friends, I see them going through. How? Yeah. Torture. Yeah. To all tormented souls. I go and visit them in combat stress once or twice a year when they check themselves in, which is sort of sectioning yourself, isn't it, for a couple of weeks? It is really, mate, yeah. And sometimes you need that mm. bit of space or whatever. But my space is the, the my, my combat stress, let's say, is is training and going, going running and doing doing stuff that other people can I'm not look at me I'm not a fucking runner the runner the, the, the people who run are fucking like Mo Farrow they mm. do you know what I mean but so that gives me so I didn't I'm not I'm not no I'm never going to win a marathon I'm never going to win an half marathon I'm never going to win an ultra marathon um but I'll still go and fucking do it and you, I'll do you, my fucking at my, my most best to you, fucking try you do it at some pace though didn't you I do. I, mm. I do my best. I do my always do my best when it comes to fucking things. I'll stick a hundred percent into it. I think you should I'd be very careful when you do it, mine. But I think you should write a book about yourself before somebody else does. Start. I wouldn't know where to fucking start. And if and if anyone's watching this and they want to get hold of me or whatever, then I'll give it a whole fucking narrative. But I wouldn't even know where to fucking well, start. I've got a feeling that if if you don't write write a book about yourself, somebody else will one day. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of information missing, and then jigsaws are a lot bigger than what I'm fucking making out at the moment. Even though how long we've been saying it, probably for the best now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll all be fucked. But uh, what does the future hold for Jimmy the Saint? The future holds um, doing more, doing more good in the world than bad. Trying to put back. Um, Trying to put back, I'm, I'm trying now, I really am trying now um, to try and be the best fucking father I can be, try and be the best husband I can be, try and be the best um, 
athlete I can be. I'd set my if I'm going to run. I mean, I've run three ultra marathons this year. So next year I'm going to run six. So now I'm just going to keep. I'm going to keep going until I am absolutely fucking broken to pieces. That's that's my goal. And when my legs don't work anymore and they're fucking fucked, I can say I've gone till I've gone. And what about the violence? You going to leave that behind? The violence went ages ago. I've lived a fucking life that that that's, that fucking would more or less fucking killed anyone else normal, but. Like I said, I don't think I'm fucking normal anyway. What is normal? And and like I said, what I'm not. And the the message I do want to get out today, if anything, is put down fucking knives, um, violence. Find find your own happiness and just make your own little world. Don't be a part of the. I'm not saying don't be a part of the outside world because the outside world is a fucking horrible place. But just just try and be happy and just, do you know what I mean? All this glamorous stuff about drug dealing and and doing this to someone and it's just bollocks, man. It, it really fucking is. And that's the honest fucking truth. It doesn't do you any fucking favours. It doesn't make you sleep well at night. It's and a lose-lose, it, it, isn't it? It's, it's broken pe- parts of me that will never, ever be fucking fixed. And I've got to live with that. And I, I, I wouldn't want to wish it on my fucking worst enemy. And that's the fucking truth of it. Young lads out there that are considering a life of crime. Come and see me. Come and see me. Get hold of me through fucking Liam or whatever. And I'll come and sit down. I'll, I'll tell you the fucking full story of why it's not fucking glamorous. Mm. And why you shouldn't do fucking things. If, any, if, I can, if I can help one person or if I can help anyone... Or even any ex-veterans who just say, I'll, I'll fucking put time and effort into putting good back into the world than fucking taking bad out because I've took so much bad that I, I just want to... I'm coming here with my heart on, on my sleeve and just, do you know what I mean? I, I, I really have. I have felt both of your forces. I've felt the dark force the very first time I met you, which I believe was a defence mechanism because you was in new unknown territory. And I've also felt the force of loving you. Really lean in to the fucking love that's in there. It ain't, it's not a weakness. It's, uh, if anything, it's a strength. You've said this yourself, but I've seen it. I, I know today must have been heavy, draining, exhausting, so... I fully appreciate you putting your trust in me. The last week and a half I've been speaking to you about the podcast, even though I'm shitting myself coming down here because I don't know what doors it's going to open or how I'm going to react. It's done me the fucking world of good, and I'd like to thank you for that. It's ballsy what you've done. Let's fucking hope the higher power is going to fucking protect us then. I'll drink to that. (laughs) You ain't got no milk. Cheers, Jimmy. (laughs)